Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Sex, Love, and Elephants. And I have a radical surprise for you that you did not know about today. I've got my first ever and the best I could possibly have had special guest on Sex, Love, and Elephants. We're going to get to that in one moment. But I want to remind you all, what I said last week is the next six weeks from mid-September here till the end of October are the most exciting time in Sex, Love, and Elephants and in the Dr. Cheryl work because these are the six weeks where I offer an elite group of you, the chance to join my 10-week immersion couples program. You've heard about it, Become Passion. It kicks off right at the end of October. And I strongly encourage you, if you have any interest at all in learning more about that, to get on the wait list. It's a no obligation wait list. But those of you on the wait list, the links below where you're listening to this podcast, you're going to get invited to some special behind the scenes guest Q&As with me on Zoom, office hours with me where you and your sweetie can show up and get some coaching and help from me, regardless of whether you decide plunging into the 10-week program is a good idea. It's a good idea, but I leave that up to you. So thank you for that. But we're diverging this week, and I'm absolutely thrilled. About four or five years ago, I was invited out of the blue to teach for Tony Robbins at a very exclusive program he teaches every 24 months for couples. And it was an honor and a delight to go. And I went there, and because I'm a learner, I attended the whole thing, and I checked out all the other speakers. I want to learn. I want to grow. And there was a woman there that changed the trajectory of my life in terms of how I embody myself as a woman and as a partner and as a lover. She's become a friend. We can't wait till they're up here after the writer's strike working and she can come visit me on Vancouver Island. But Ms. Sheila Kelly is an actor, an activist. She created a program and a type of feminine movement practice under the umbrella of S Factor you're going to hear about today. I had the distinct honor of being her invited guest speaker down in Las Vegas about three months ago. And as Ani, the host, quipped, and I've stolen her line, but I never plagiarized. This is Ani's line. I can, for the rest of my life, say I stripped in Vegas. So that was a lot of fun. (laughs) So today you're going to hear a bit about Sheila's journey from a movie to a life-changing business that has helped thousands of women, if not more. And you're also going to hear about joining Sheila. I'm in it. It started just a couple days ago, and you can still join her unbelievable six-month journey. If you've ever heard of the Netflix documentary, Strip and Rise, this is a journey based on that. We're going to talk about that today and give you an exclusive chance to join at the last minute and even save $100 because you're a friend of Cheryl. All right. So hello, my darling Sheila. How are you today? Wow. What a beautiful introduction, Cheryl. You're so amazing. And again, I want to thank you for your incredible participation in my retreat in Vegas. You are charismatic beyond words. You're so gifted. You're so brilliant. You are the like yin to my yang or the yang. You're the whatever. You're the words to my movement. So I'm so, so honored to be here. It's so fantastic. Now, I'm going to assume a lot of my audience hasn't yet had the delight of learning anything about your work. Have they been living under a rock? Under a rock. They've been living <laughs> under a rock, Sheila Who? Maybe they're going to surprise me. Teasing. But I would love you to start at the beginning with a certain movie that you were involved with and how that led to, is it fair to say, changing your life in radical ways? Well, let me establish that I'm also an actor. And I've been in TV shows like LA Law. I was on The Good Doctor with my husband. I've been in lots and lots of movies. And 
but before I was an actor, I was a dance, a dancer, a mover, uh, someone I love embodiment. So I did a film called Dancing at the Blue Iguana many years ago where I played a stripper. And it was an improvisational film, meaning that it was a film that the director and the actors built from the ground up. And we spent mm. six months building this film. Each actor had to build their own character from themselves. So I had to learn how to be a woman who was comfortable with and lived through her erotic body. And I was like, oh, how easy. Oh, of course, I'm sexy. I have a great sexual relationship with my husband, I thought. And uh, actually, the first day of rehearsal was the most humbling experience of my life. <laughs> oh, do tell. What, what happened? Girl, talk about improvisation, right? You're an improvisational. I had to get up on stage and improv- improvise a character. And I was awkward. I was uncomfortable. I, d- I didn't know what to do. I tried to move my body like I was b- moving on the beat. I felt like a dork. I put on this stupid outfit that I thought was sexy, like a little pink fluffy skirt, pink fluffy shoes, little white off-the-shoulder sex top with a bra... I literally, my body was like screaming at me, get this stupid outfit off of me. I want to ask a question about that because you used your head to think of this is sexy. You thought it was sexy. You believed you'd feel sexy in it. I think a lot of women listening are like, that sounds pretty sexy, like a fluffy skirt and a little sexy top. So tell more about that experience. Love, love, love that you caught that because the body is smarter, in my opinion, what I've learned over the many years of teaching this is that the body is the oracle. Your body is the oracle of your life. She's smarter than you are. She's terrestrial. She was, she was built to live on this planet and she knows how to do it better than you do. So when you, when you have this idea, when you've seen pictures of sexy outfits and sexy women like Marilyn Monroe and and, and Sophia Varga, and you think, oh, I'll just wear what they're wearing. I'll just do what they're doing and I'll feel sexy. Well, no, because the body, each body is intricately woven and her sexuality, wherever level of access you have to it, her sexuality is unique to herself, unique to you. Like my sexuality, my erotic creatures, I call the body, is unique to me. So putting on an outfit that I think, you know, I saw an actress where sometime in some movie that I thought, oh, well, that's sexy on her. It'll be sexy on me. Made my body go, you don't have a clue who I am. That's not sexy. That's not my kind of sexy. I mean, it was like. And you had the wisdom to listen to that message instead of overriding it and keep being a plastic sexy girl. Plastic sexy girl couldn't move. Ah, That's the brilliance of the body. So I got up on stage with Daryl Hannah, Sandra Mm -hmm. Oh. Myself, the director's on the, in the audience, and I'm up on stage in this stupid outfit, and my <laughs> skin, I, I know, my skin was like crawling. My skin was like, oh, this, and my body was just contracting, contracting and shutting down. And then I was trying to, trying to move from my brain and trying to be, <laughs> trying to act, right? Trying to act sexy. Oh, yeah, that, that, that never works. Doesn't work. It works sometimes. My husband would see something he thought was sexy on me that I didn't feel was sexy, but it didn't make me light up, didn't turn me on. So I spent the next six months of that improvisational journey hunting for myself, trying on every kind of outfit, every kind of music, and learning the full expression of my body through, through movement 
through stretching to the fullest extent my curves could stretch. Because, you know, our bodies aren't built the way that our counter, our masculine counterparts are. Even if we're of a gender that is not necessarily considered feminine, but you feel feminine, that makes a huge difference. To me, feminine and masculine is about how you feel inside, what you feel is your sexual essence, right? So for me, I identify as feminine and I had no idea how to find her because she had been so shut down and I had no idea how shut down my body had been. So after six months, we started to shoot the movie. I met this side of myself, this what I call my erotic creature, my erotic body. She's the one you'll see in the movie. It's called Dancing at the Blue Iguana, but it changed my life because my my sexuality, my erotic body is, was not pink and fluffy. She liked dark black vinyl. She liked chain link dresses. She liked, she likes uh, darker things, thigh high black boots. She liked harder music, music that's more insistent and more challenging and more fierce than the lighter stuff that I thought was sexy. That is so, so beautiful and can be very confusing to both men and women, gay and straight, trans, however you identify, whoever you love. I teach a small piece in my program that I call dark sensual energy. And it's what you're talking about. It's the side that we, we, we might be afraid to approach, that we may vilify. And of course, when it's repressed and cut off in the worst sense, it can lead to addiction, incorrect sexual behavior, compulsivity, betrayals. But the gorgeousness of the yin-yang idea of the dark sensual energy being the balance, and we're not implying for anyone listening, because I think Sheila and I both are kind of leather, latex, dangerous creatures in one of our aspects of being erotic, but fluffy pink might absolutely be another woman's dark sensual energy. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe you could expound on that a bit more. And by the way, everybody, Sheila has an incredible quiz we'll direct you to, to find out which mm-hmm. of the 10 erotic creature icons you most resonate with. So we'll put that link below as well. But maybe you can give just a brief idea because I think in North America, we're so, we're so fucking repressed in North America. We think we're sexually liberated because there's a lot of porn. I mean, what the hell? People are so shut down. They have such a limited sexual repertoire. Then they fantasize about the quote unquote dirty stuff. God, I hate that word. The dark sensual energy stuff that they're afraid to tell their sweetheart and all those things. So talk a little bit about erotic creatures or wherever you want to take this part of our conversation. Oh, wow. You're, you're kind of opening the floodgates of a lot of information that can come <laughs> at you at you. The erotic body, look, I studied somatics. I've studied somatics all my life. I, I was a dance major, a somatic major, an anatomist at NYU. My mentor was Stanley Kellerman. I don't know if you know who he is, but he is the godfather, the grandfather of somatic studies in, in, up at Berkeley. I love, love the body because the body never lies. The body never lies. And after over the many, many, many years of studying, I can tell so much more about you from your body, behavior, and carriage and posture than I can about what you say, because you're just this entity living in this body. So the erotic body and the the body, your body, Cheryl, is shaped by nature and nurture. Muscularly, fascially, she's shaped in a certain emotional structure, right? You have a playful, almost naughty everyday essence. 
you kind of come at the world with like, Woo, we're going to party, we're going to play, and I'm going to be a little naughty about it. I'm going to provoke you. And that's your everyday essence because I can see it in your body. I can see it in your facial structure. I can see it in the tone of your voice. In your erotic, you go to a different place, right? You go to a fierce, fiery, challenger um, way. You go to a dark, a deep, dark, yummy, delicious, dark chocolate place. And they're different from your everyday essence. So, but the shape of your body, most of us know our everyday essence, whether we're like, I have a lot of innocence in my everyday. I have a lot of open eyed, open bodied, up energy, but my dangerous challenger, my dark sexual nature is again, very similar to yours. She's challenging. She's got fire, a little bit of pissed offness. She likes to be pushed and she likes to push back at her sexual partner. I didn't know any of that. I had no idea I had that desire in me until I did this journey, which became S Factor. Until I took this journey of discovering myself in that film, I had no idea I liked to do, give a little kind of wrestling match during lovemaking. I like to push at him. That took our relationship, which I thought was like, it's okay. It's a good marriage to like, holy fudge sickle. I can't get over how much I love this man. And we are 34 years together. We are, we're like teenagers in love and in lust. And it's because of this very journey It's because I went over here to discover me. Yourself as an erotic being, as a sensual being, and to open up parts of yourself that you maybe didn't access or didn't know were there. No, it turned my body on. And you can't do it up here. You can't think. You can't. I tried to think my way there and my body like revolted. So I took this journey of embodiment, which said, oh, wow, I really like it when there's fire and music. Oh, I like it when I have tight, restrictive vinyl on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, I'm saying because mm, it's turning me on. It's the restrictive vinyl. Keep going. I'm just having a moment. <laughs> no, it's so good. It's so good. But but who knew? And there are, and so as I began teaching, I began to notice. And I went on the Oprah show. I talked about the erotic creature. So I, the erotic creature is the through line of everything I've taught. People think I've introduced, and I did pole dance fitness to the world and. 2003 on Oprah. And I, it did, but, but it's deeper than just dancing on a pole, which I love. And you can, I don't know if you can see my pole behind me, but it's much deeper than that. It's really, who am I? Who am I in this body? Who's this body I'm in? And that to me is like, it's like a Sherlock Holmes deep quest of like adventure and excitement. So as I noticed all the women I taught because they came to me because they saw the change in me, they also identified their own unique erotic body. And it's usually was very different than who they were in their everyday. You know, there was a sassy one that, you know, she was like really, really docile and sweet and proper in everyday, but you came into the, into the studio and she would get very sassy and icy and bitchy. And it was so sexy. Right. And then I saw that there were women who were very kind of stern and um, almost, you know, perfunctory and, and, and tight in their everyday. And they would come in and Cheryl, they would have this innocence and this joy and this lightness in their sexuality that was so different than their everyday. It's almost like 
this erotic body really does balance out to, to your point, to what you teach about the dark sensual. It really balances out the wholeness of being. I just want to underline a couple of these concepts for everybody because we're covering such rich, important stuff. I don't want to lose any of it. So everybody listening knows my work and I'm a pretty darn good at what I do in terms of couples therapy, sex therapy, working with the mind of desire, working with your blocks with fantasy. I cannot emphasize enough to everybody listening how vitally important it is if you want a rich erotic life for yourself, if you're unpartnered, if you're choosing celibacy for any reasons, you may choose a solo sexual life. Yes, I mean masturbation and self-pleasure, or you may be partnered wherever or whatever. I cannot emphasize enough that the embodiment part that is not appropriate for a sex therapist to teach in that venue is critical. And that's why everything that Sheila is saying, I want you all to think, well, I've been to sex therapy and it really kind of helped. It helped me get over some trauma. It helped me realize due to religious or cultural reasons, I had some shutdowns and it was hard for me to have an orgasm. That's incredibly important work. But if you want to open up and light up your sensual energy, your joy, your femininity, and yes, Sheila absolutely can work with men as well, but we're mainly focusing on women right now. I cannot emphasize enough how important Sheila's work is. And you should also consider joining, if this lights you up at all, consider joining her program we'll be talking a little bit more about. Uh, oh. So I just want to emphasize all that oh, before we you. keep going, because yeah. we can talk for yeah. six hours. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> so we were at, I mean. We were at your journey, and then you started teaching women. And noticing how their essence was often a surprise to them, as it was to you. Yes, Yes, so incredible, Cheryl. In doing so, in embracing this side of myself, when I don't know what you might want to call it the shadow side or the dark, sensual, whatever we want to call this, I call her the erotic creature. Embracing my erotic creature, it was like I literally went from living on my hands are like two inches apart, from living in this space to living in, now my arms are all the way apart, this space. My life expanded in ways I can't even begin to verbalize because I got access to other parts of myself that I had shut down or had been shut down by society, right? And so it's a sense of like, oh my God, all this time, I was 34 when I did this film, all this time from till I was 34, I thought something was missing and I needed to find it outside of myself. I needed to find a man, a child, a career, something out there would fill me up and nothing did. And what I was really missing was myself. I was missing my, my erotic creature. I was missing the fullness of myself because it had been off limits because good girls don't do that. Good girls aren't like that. Good girls aren't, don't have fire and lust and meh. It was really revelatory for, for me. And I saw that it was revelatory to every woman. And as I taught, I noticed that there were 10 consistent iconic body shapes that showed themselves through women's bodies. And I realized that they were the 10 iconic body emotions that had shaped their bodies through sexuality, right? So I call those the erotic creatures. There's the 10 light erotic creatures and there's the 10 dark erotic creatures. Now we all should have access to all 10 of those all the time moving through us. But because of certain life situations, because of certain ancestral body, long body in, uh, conditions, we have kind of 
closed ourselves down into maybe three or four. We experienced three or four of those 10 beautiful body emotions and we disallow the others. We disallow fear. We disallow sadness. We disallow anger. We disallow disgust. So we cut ourselves off and we live in only, you know, a portion of ourselves. And I would put forward, Sheila, when it comes to the erotic self, even saying people might have three or four accessible. I don't even think that's the case for a lot of people. They might have one or none really accessible. So it's the breadth of your 10 different energies that I really, really adore because I think other people might help people embody one sexy side of themselves. But you introduce your audiences to the breadth and the depth of the possibilities of all the different ways to be erotic, whether that's eating a piece of chocolate alone while you watch the sunset, or whether it's, I'm going to be a little um, blue language here, everybody, whether it's fucking the brains out of the ones that you love, or whether it's having the most tender, soulful, lovemaking experience where you're both weeping because of the emotional openness and the spiritual connection and the ability to move between ways of relating. Yes, 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 exactly. And thank you for bringing that up because when I said people have usually access to three or four, I meant in their everyday life, not even in their erotic. I've been teaching for 24 years now, tens of thousands of women. And I cannot tell you the amount of, of women who have had extraordinary life-altering explosive growth and revelation in like, oh my God, I had no idea that I had all of these colors inside in my everyday and in my erotic. And it's like you, the more you cultivate, the more you embody, the more you move the muscle of all of these 10 emotional erotic energies, the more expansive you become and the more sexual you become, the more lusty you become, the more desirous of touch, of love, of fucking you become. It's really quite like, like a rebirth, I would say. I think that's a really good experience. And I want to share with the listeners that uh, when I had the pleasure to join in your almost four day immersion in Vegas in May and teach a small aspect of it to your ladies, but I participated. And I had the best time and I'm fairly free-ish of mental sexual blocks. I have a pretty good attitude around sexuality, et cetera. But to cut to the chase, I was so effing horny and it was so effing fun. I mean, to be in the body, I've always loved to dance. I don't stand still in a line. I'm always swaying my hips, but I've been almost completely cut off from dancer movement through COVID and everything else. And I've been ignoring this aspect of the organicness of who I am. And it was so hot and so arousing. And I had to leave quite early in the morning, as one does when you're traveling, to go to the airport the day after. And I'm walking through the airport and my hips are swaying and my bum is moving and I'm not doing that. The body's just more open and released and alive and juicy to use a word you and your beautiful teachers use. People listening know that, you know, I'm not, I don't chase every passing fad. It's not my jam. I'm old enough for God's sakes, been there, done that. But the enthusiasm I have for the work you do and what it does for women and those they love, that's why you're here. That's why we're bringing it. And again, people, 
You really want to think about joining the current program that just kicked off. It's a six-month journey. We're going to tell you more about it in a bit, but I'm teasing it out. I'm in the program, babies, everybody listening. Some of the women in my Become Passion program who've done the couples work with me have joined with me into Sheila's program to augment their growth and also to augment their sexual relationship, which brings me to a tricky question. You and I have talked about Often you work with women who they find some of their fire, they find their erotic essence, they come out with such joy and they may go home. We're going to use a hetero cisnormal example at first, but of course it applies to every gender and every pairing, including polyamory. But for the moment, they go home perhaps to their heterosexual male cisgendered partner. And I've seen this through my whole career as a sex therapist and a couples therapist. Every man, you know, on the construction site says he'd love a horny woman who's lusty and wants to do kinky shit. And then he gets one and it can be very overwhelming for the masculine. It can be very confusing. And then that that beautiful lit up woman who leaves strip and rise class or leaves Vegas gets home and can feel rejected or shut down. And I hear a lot from the men's side. We won't take a deep dive into that right now about how overwhelmed they feel, how confused they feel because the, perhaps the very partner who's rejected them for a long time etc. We're probably not going to unpack that one, maybe on another episode. But as an inspiration to people, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how your dear man reacted when his lovely actress wife went to do this really cool improv movie, and then some stuff happened, and he had a different wife. <laughs> he he did. was mad he enough. Did. He, but- did. he did have a different wife, and he... <laughs> such a great, listen, I've heard a lot of what you're saying. Yes. We're changing the paradigm of the planet of a masculine patriarchal planet. So when the feminine steps into her body and reclaims all the pieces that society says, shut down, keep it quiet. It's going to change the everything. It's going to change the concept of everything. So what I teach are the five feminine geniuses, curve of movement, sensuality, emotability, That's the first three things I teach. And you're going to have that you, Cheryl, and your beautiful clients are going to go through this with me, starting with Strip and Rise, the class. The next thing, connection, interdependence, and intuition. This comes when we're feeling fullness, when we've unleashed and unlocked parts of ourselves that have been quieted. How do we bring that into connection? And that's very animal. I teach very animal connection, nonverbal connection. I teach lovers how to connect from a place of primal desire, lust and fire and warmth and love and softness, how to connect on that level with no words, with just body, with just breath, with just gaze. I tell people to shut the F up all the time when I'm working. I say, stop talking. And just, what does your body want to do? Stay out of concepts. Stay out of the ideas. Stay out of the nervousness. One of the women who had a breakthrough in Vegas with you was chatting to me before she went home. She said, I'm going to, she had a newer relationship. I'm going to go home and I'm going to give them the greatest strip dance of all time. And, And then she said, so I think I'll come home. And I said, can I give you some advice? And she said, sure. I said, don't say anything. Tell them I'll be home at eight, be in the living room, lights low, we're not going to talk. She's like, really? Because she was going to go, hi, honey. I had a great time. How are you? Did the fridge get fixed? Yeah. And then we Instead, no. it's just like, shh, shh. If he's like, hey, baby, you're almost like, shh. So thank you for saying that. And everybody listen to very smart ladies are giving you a very good advice. 
You've got to get to the animal. And that is what I do. I teach you freedom. I teach you freedom to go back to the primal body, that body that can smell him, her, can taste, can feel, can desire, can turns the your cells of your body are so turned on and titillated that you're just aching for touch and love and connection. So words get in the way, it's ideas. And you're right, it's nervousness sometimes. I say to women that are super nervous to even do what you said, I say to them, text your lover, I'll be home. I have an assignment from Sheila. I have to do some homework. We, can I use you for my homework? Will you sit in the chair? And that's it. And that takes the onus of performance away because it's not performance. It's about showing your lover yourself in pleasure, yourself in the full feminine expression. But you asked a question about my husband. <laughs> well, it was a very multi-tiered experience because I had to, I exploded into myself. I exploded over the six months of learning, I, you know, one month I would learn about this kind of energy I loved and these kinds of clothes and, and those kinds of shoes. And I would learn a different pull trick or I would learn something and I would bring it home. Not, not like literally, I wouldn't literally bring those clothes home, but the essence of what I was feeling and unlocking was rippling through every part of my life to the point where he was fascinated, but a little like, what's happening here? So I said to him, and before we shot the film, I went to a strip club incognito and I signed up to dance and I got on stage and danced at the strip club. Dollars were thrown. I picked it up. I I lived the life of a professional stripper for that evening. And Richard showed up there. I said, show up there because I'll need your support. And then he hired me for a lap dance. Nice. Girl. That is so sexy so and romantic. Cool. It was so hot. So I took him to the back and I gave him like the lap dance of his life. And then he hired me to go home with him. But I said, I don't do that. But anyway, uh, we did go home and we had the most, inc- I think we think we conceived our daughter that night. Um, but it was sexy and it was playful. It was fun and it was titillating. And, and, you know, I really honor and respect the women who, who make their living. And I love the women who make their livings as, as professional strippers. They have changed my life. They, they took me under their wing and taught me everything I know. And so it was just a really, it was really ex- scary, scary to actually go to a professional strip club and sign up and get on stage. I really, but it changed things. It really allowed him some time to conceive of re-perceiving me. Cheryl, does that make sense? Like allowing me to not just be the mother of his son and the woman he married, but to be this wildly free, erotic being who was separate from him. And yet to get like, it was just, I don't know if I could put words to it. It's, it gave him, I saw his processing as Sheila as this particular way of being to Sheila with this particular way of being much, much wider uh, breadth of who I was. And that allowed for us both to grow together. It allowed him to be humbled by my growth and not threatened by it. And when I teach the masculine, I teach about A, B, C, and D men, how, how men react to when women evolve and grow. And they react by being an A, B, or a C, or a D man. And he went from being a 
B man to being an A man in that moment. And a B man is more of like a boy man, kind of, kind of young, hip, cool guy who doesn't really want to take responsibility for life. And he stepped into this place of what I call the altar man. An altar man is, is a masculine at whose altar I worship because they're not threatened by the most powerful feminine. They actually understand that when their love, their feminine partner becomes bigger and grander and fuller in her expression, it is the pathway for him to also become bigger and grander and more passionate and virile in his own masculine journey. Because he needs to grow to a space where he can get as big as his lover so he can protect and provide for that creature that he's with. Which is so beautiful. I want to acknowledge there's probably people listening thinking, I'll never get that out of my partner. And I want to give you hope. Growth is always possible. And Sheila has also shared publicly, and we might not have time to get into it a lot today, but you also had lots of challenges in your marriage and you thought of leaving and it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and roses. It's the work of long-term love to say, can we grow into these new people? And at times we might be very fret, frightened, very threatened, very et cetera. That's pretty human if we're afraid things are going to change and maybe that will change you away from me. But when a couple are invested in saying, can we white knuckle our way through the scary parts of change and see who we can come out the other side, as you've so beautifully put, that's where extraordinary, unusual lifelong love can be cultivated. I love what you're saying, Cheryl. And if I, if I may, I will. T- I will. I, I, I'm very, very open. I left him so many times. I left him when I was eight months pregnant with our son. We weren't married yet. I left him when our baby was three months old. We could not get along. We were like this all the time. It was tempestuous. It was, it was unpleasant. It was lonely. I was lonelier with him at that stage in our marriage than I was when I was alone. It was a heartbreaking love, a heartbreaking love. I don't know if that resonates with you, but it resonates. Oh, absolutely. I've traveled a similar path with my, uh, my man, my Richard, <laughs> and it is horribly heartbreaking. It's not like other relationships where you love them and it's not working and you can conceptualize letting it go. These are the ones where it's wildly dysfunctional, push-pull, ambivalence, and the true meaning of the actual psychological meaning of the word ambivalence. In English, we think ambivalence means I don't really care. What ambivalence actually means psychologically, it's a push and a pull. It's a want and a don't want, and it's dynamic and it's tough and ow. It's an owie. Owie. very, very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because you may be in love, but, or you may even, you know, want, but thank God, we listened to our bodies because my body loved his body and vice versa. But up here, this is what we do. There's just so many issues. And that was for 10 years. Okay. That was 10 years of tempestuous push pull love until this, these, this, I, I can remember at this moment where I did the strip tease for him and I, and we went home and all of a sudden I could see, I could see that he had, he's, he was processing and perceiving and expanding his vision of who I was. The key is I gave him time to do that. You didn't go to Vegas for four days and come home and expect your partner to be all over this brand new scary thing that has happened. No, yeah. no, you've got yeah. to you've got to introduce this new side of yourself the way you would introduce a stranger at times. 
piece by piece, moment by moment. And, and you'll see if you take Strip and Rise with me, my six month course that emulates the documentary Strip Down, Rise Up. If you take that course with me, you'll see how it unfolds because your growth will be iterative, right? You'll grow each week a little bit more so that your partner, if you're with a partner, will have a more gentle way of expanding their vision of you as opposed to all of a sudden, boom, you're a new and different woman. But that was a really, really revelatory moment for me and Richard where things switched. And all of a sudden, I I got out of the masculine of my own masculine because I was living in my own masculine and I was in the masculine playing field in my acting career and competitive. And once I found S Factor, I found a whole other world that I inhabited that he didn't inhabit. And so I could look back at where I had been and I could really say, he's a really beautiful man. He's really masculine. I like how masculine he is. I like how much he wants to play baseball, softball. I love. And so I started to look at the creature he was that I was not and really admire this beautiful creature and want him to be bigger and bigger and stronger and more of himself. Whereas before I had been competitive, like don't get any bigger, don't get strong. And it was this natty, stupid, behavior that we both were stuck in, a trap. Yeah, absolutely. I've generally had bigger balls than any of the heterosexual men I've dated. And it's very (laughs) destructive. And it's also to do with trust. Can you trust them to hold a big enough space that you can become feminine and vulnerable? And this is for another big podcast, but absolutely beautiful. And thank you for sharing some of that story because you no doubt come across this a lot as well is that people look at someone like yourself with all the work you've done and they might look at someone like me with all the work I've done and they think I could, it's easy for them. They had all the knowledge. They have all the skill. I can't get there. And for us to share as I do, one of the things the couples in my immersion program I'll be offering again this fall, appreciate the most as I talk about all the ways I'm screwing up too. This week, I completely blew everything I'm teaching you guys. I got really critical. I got very picky. I was very unkind. And they're like, oh my goodness, she's a person. I can relate to these people, the Sheila's, the Cheryl's that say, it may look really rosy and maybe it's fairly rosy now, but there's decades of personal and interrelational work. So everybody listening that feels hopeless, this of course doesn't count if you're in an abusive, dysfunctional relationship, that's a good time to leave. But if you're in a regular dysfunctional relationship, like Sheila's marriage back then, like mine at times, where you you know there's enough of something that you don't want to walk away, but you're pretty bloody miserable or worse, take heart with the type of work I do, the type of work Sheila do does. If you're willing to commit, because God damn it, relationships aren't an accident. Great relationships are not an accident. If you're willing to invest your time and your soul and fall down and dust yourself off and get up again, it is humbling and profound and moving what two people can create. And I just wish it wasn't so rare. I'm attempting, as are you, to make it less rare to make pathways possible for people to have steps to move from where they are to where they want to be. Which brings me to, you mentioned Strip and Rise. Let's talk a little bit more about Strip and Rise because people, as you're listening here, fall 2023, you lucky duckies. Sheila has just kicked off 
By the time you hear this, we will have had our first class together. And as mentioned, I'm taking the, the program with, I, I wouldn't be anywhere else. I want to keep expanding what I've tasted. Some of the women I work with in my couples programs are joining me. You can join us even if uh, it's it started one week ago. Sheila and her team have the doors open till the 25th of September to join Strip and Rise. Give the, the, the quick, beautiful version of, we've talked a bit about, about what is this program? What happens if I join today? And you can get $100 off by using the Friends of Cheryl code. How great is that? Thank you, Sheila's team. I know. If I join and I show up next Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Zoom thinking, what the hell have I done? Because I heard something on a podcast. Give a little glimpse. Give a little glimpse of what everybody will be exposed to. I will do that. I have to just... I love you so much. And I love your mind. And I love what you just said before about you're so empathetic and you're so compassionate and you're so kind and the way that you just said giving people hope. And I, I really was moved by that <sighs> because you, I'll tell you what, yeah, I, I, I was so miserable and I thought I was in an abusive marriage because he was neglecting me, but it was me who was neglecting me. So I just wanted to say that because it really hearkened back to that strip down rise up is a documentary about my work. It's on Netflix. That'll give you a sense and an essence of what embodiment of the feminine feels like and looks like. The six months I'm teaching is called Strip and Rise. And it's based off of the, uh, I took a group of women in the documentary. I took them for six months and I took them uh, into beginning, into the intermediate levels of feminine embodiment, feminine life change. And if you watch the film, you'll see the evolution, but if you don't want to watch the film and just jump into the course, it's about becoming whole while becoming free. It's reclaiming your wild. It's reclaiming your primal feminine essence for yourself, number one. And when you reclaim it for yourself, oh my God, like your whole world will explode in brightness You'll feel everything. You'll feel everything because we're going to unlock all that gorgeous. The third genius of the, of the feminine is emotability. We are built to be emotional creatures. We are built to move emotion through our bodies as art. We are built to teach humanity how to feel everything. Joy, sadness, curiosity, love, lust, all of these things that get kind of tightened and trapped inside. We're going to free it all. And free it all. And we do it through journaling. We do it through self-reflection and we do it through primarily embodiment and movement because your body, your body is capable of so much more than you allow her to have. And I'm going to say that with such assuredness because I've been teaching this for 24 years and I have watched women all over the world and I've watched women evolve and open and spread wide open into these radiant, glorious beings that we were meant to be because the feminine is life force. The feminine is the force of life on the planet. We give life, we build life, we are life and we are light and we should be shining bright. And you can only shine bright when your body is free, when you're able to move to the fullest expanse. I'm reaching my arms up because I'm trying to give you a sense of how much more you are capable of in moving through sensuality, 
curve of movement and immutability. So it's really that process for the first 12 weeks and the last 10 weeks, we're going to actually let you embody each of the 10 erotic creature iconic energies so that you can tickle them awake in your own body and you can feel the expansion greater and greater each week until the last week where we set you off into your life as this fully embodied, bright, shining creature. Who is a changed (laughs) woman. And thank you. And we're so excited. We didn't really even mention people... It's a weekly, except for some weeks off for uh, the holidays, oh, yeah. every Saturday live on Zoom with Sheila and some of her key teachers who I had the pleasure to meet in Las Vegas and who are unbelievably skilled women. This isn't just a, you know, in your head thing. It's not just a learn a dance move thing. It is, it's hard to describe, but you'll show it up really ideally is. with a curious <laughs> mind and an open heart. And you can, you can have your skepticism. That's actually wisdom. Skepticism in the beginning of a new experience with someone you haven't worked with is wisdom. Cautious skepticism and openness and erotically, centrally, emotionally. What I saw you do with some of the women, I just want to share this. In Las Vegas, there were some women there, Sheila, who've trained with you for a decade or more. And when they were doing their small group dances on the last day, you would stop some of them. Because you would see something that wasn't quite authentic enough or that they were shying back and you knew them well enough. You also would do it with some beginners, but particularly people where you you knew them as you get to know people on the six-month journey of, of the uh, Strip and Rise course is you saw, let's say it was me. And I was shirking back. Maybe there was an aspect, maybe of a playful part of myself I shirked back from because I thought it was weak. Or maybe there was a dark, you know, leather clad bitch I was shirking back from. And you would very gently stop them and ask them to redo it. You would invite them to go further, to hold that block gently and allow it to melt or partly melt. And that's where as a psychotherapist and, and the deep work I do on the other side, I saw that's unbelievable skill is what you saw and the way you can invite her to with sometimes some pushing and encouragement as we do in psychotherapy when a patient's ready we might push a little when they're not ready we'll hold them gently right where they're at for a while but when I saw you do that I saw the the secret special part of what you do which is that ability to have her feel enough courage through you to open to a place she might never open, even when she's quite far along in the journey. Does that make sense? Oh, gosh, yeah. I call that body whispering. And it's something I've done all my life because I, I, I spoke body before I spoke words. And my mother said I was a late speaker, but I was very animal as a child. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's something I'm very comfortable with, almost more comfortable with that than I am with words. I believe the body never lies, but I need the, I believe the body has been trained. All of our bodies have been trained to be smaller than we are. And so when I see a body that is just ripe, ready, so ready to break through the boundary of a certain movement or a certain expression, uh, I will, I will body whisper her and, and nourish her and nudge her to that freedom, which is usually pretty amazing to witness, right? Yeah. And to get out of the conceptual head, the conceptual head's very important. A lot of the work I do is in the conceptual realm and it's very important, but you cannot think yourself into freedom. 
You can understand the idea. You can desire it. And that's a good desire because it's motivation to essentially, it's very meditative. A lot of my listeners know I'm a hardcore Buddhist practitioner and teacher. It's about really melting away all the concepts so that there's simply the experience of body, of energy, of flow, of emotion with very little words or any words that are present are kind of in the background, like a distant radio playing across the street. You don't have to pay attention to them and come back to the direct experience. And that's where I would say, I don't think it's hyperbole. Transformation can occur. Oof, you know? That's so beautiful. Yeah. Take the brakes off. The brakes our head puts in. This podcast is called Sex, Love, and Elephants. People think it's just a cute title. We spoke about elephants when we first reconnected because they're one of your spirit animals, I understand. But the way I use elephants in this podcast is that's the non-conceptual deep knowing you. That's the elephant. It already knows. It could be the body for our conversation today. The body wisdom beyond the I should, I shouldn't, or am I good at this? Or gee, a pink fluffy skirt, sexy, but I don't feel sexy. All of that's monkey concept planning. Those things are helpful. The monkey got us to our podcast appointment on time. Executive functioning is helpful, but the freedom and the liberation and the awakening is in the non-conceptual. Trusting that part. That's right. The almost I would call it. It's in the expressive, the dance of the two, the expressive and the conceptual are really powerful together. Understanding cognitively what my, what I just went through is really important as well as going through it. But the experience of freedom has to literally be experienced. Right. right. And then journaled after the fact, not being narrated yes. during it. It's like acting. It's like improv. God, yeah. you're improvising in front of a huge thing and someone throws a crazy suggestion at you. Suddenly you're a tree. If you think how to be a good <laughs> tree, as you know, as they would corpse on stage, it's all over. It's a shitty scene. We it's just have to over. not think and become tree in an embodied way. And then maybe it's a tree who's taking their kid to the first day of kindergarten and you got to just go with that, uh, et cetera. And that's where great art happens. Yes. Well. And freedom, freedom of expression, becoming whole. Yes. If there's one thing I can, uh, that's intimately important to me is that I don't want to go through to the end of my life. I don't want to be on my last day regretful that I did not live completely and fully expressed in this body with no stone unturned. I want, I want full access to myself in this lifetime on this planet. And that is what drives me with S Factor is helping women get the same thing I've gotten and continue to get from this practice. Beautiful. So I'm just going to summarize for people where to join your program. And then I'm going to ask you one final question before we bring mm -hmm. things to a close. So everybody, the incomparable Sheila Kelly, the program is uh, Strip and Rise. That's the beautiful program. Six months. It just started, but you can get in. The door's open for one more week. It's okay. You can watch the recording of the first lesson that by the time you're listening to this, I would have attended because it's tomorrow morning as we record. I'm so excited. I bought my sheepskin rug. I'm all ready to go. It was faux sheepskin. I'm an animal lover, but there you go. So click below, or if you have any trouble, if your podcast thing isn't clickable, no problem. Go to sfactor.com. And there you can find the link. And when there's a place to put a discount code in, you can simply type the phrase friends of Cheryl with no spaces, friends of Cheryl, you get a hundred dollars off because it's a gorgeous gift that Sheila's team is giving to all of you. And I hope to see many of you inside the program. 
You can also at the sfactor.com website, you can take the erotic creatures questionnaire for free or quiz and get a quick blush on maybe what your current erotic creature might be and continue looking elsewhere at some of the beautiful work that Sheila does. But I hope many of you will join the program, follow her work, watch the documentary and more. And all of you um, who are coupled and would like to be more like Sheila and her Richard, both sexually and emotionally, maybe at My Best Like Me and My Richard. Don't forget that October 27th, we kick off the 10-week Immersion Couples Program. This is a great month to listen because I'll be doing a lot of free classes, Q&As, a lot more access to me for this month of the year. And some of you, it's a limit to 100 people, will uh, join me for that incredible three-month life-changing couples program. If I wanted to have the best fall ever, people, I would join strip and rise and I would join my program and I would grow as a woman in my body, in my expression and get the tools and techniques of couples therapy so I could work with that with my sweetie. And I'll tell you what, any of you that are in strip and rise and also join my Become Passion program, I'll do an extra class for your men to help them feel more comfortable with the changes you're going through. So you can take my word for that. So Sheila, what a joy. If you were in Vancouver right now, uh, occasionally Sheila's work bring her to the wonderful film and TV city of Vancouver near me. I'd pop over for a glass of kombucha, but it will happen one day. And I have a final question for you. You've partly answered this, but to kind of bring it back around. As you reflect on the last couple of decades since that incredible opportunity in uh, Dancing with the Blue Iguana that led you to all this, how would you say the feminine movement practice has changed you as a woman, as a wife, and as a leader? How has it changed me is such a big question, Cheryl. I'm at peace with who I am. I'm at peace with my lust and my desire. I'm at peace with how I function as a businesswoman. I balance between masculine and feminine energy much more fluidly than I ever did before. It used to be just masculine, masculine, masculine. And look at my, I'm tense, I'm tight, I'm contracted, but I don't do that anymore. I dance between masculine and feminine. I am much more focused on flow and ease, not forcing, not, you know, not pushing in relationship with my love in relationship to business, I have super strong boundaries. And that's something I teach in Strip and Rise is the three levels of boundaries from the body's point of view. Um, it's changed me as a mother. I'm, I'm so patient. I, when you have super, super tight, soft flowing boundaries, meaning that they're very strong boundaries and yet you can still flow within them, nothing Nothing gets my hair on it. Nothing throws me into a tizzy of controlling things anymore. I, I'm in the river and the flow of life. That's what S-Factor has given me profoundly. Well, I thank you for creating S-Factor and bringing it to the world and sharing it for as long as you draw breath, which I, I hope is for many, many, many decades. Thank <laughs> you so much for being here. And I'm just going to end the recording with... Our love bite. Every episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants, we end with a love bite. And today's love bite is the body's wisdom is whispering to you. It's time to listen, to allow the sensual side of your passion triangle to be unfolded. 
So thank you so much, Sheila. Thank you for listening, everybody. Join me next week for the next episode where we'll continue with all the exciting stuff leading up to launching the course and joining at least 100 of you for that amazing journey. Love to all. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants. But most of all, thank you for being part of this herd. If you enjoyed listening, please share this with a friend. And if you haven't already, I would love, love, love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player because it really helps all the other elephants find us. If you have any questions or comments or maybe an idea for the show or you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me directly at drcherylfraser.com, where you can also sign up for weekly Love Bites, science-based tips for creating love and passion that last a lifetime.